Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Hello, and welcome to the 12th Step Podcast. This is Gary, and tonight I'm joined with, or joined by... This is Mike. And this is Daniel. And I'd like to start off with an announcement. I have some great news. Oh, great. We've gotten rid of the yellow cord, yellow mic cord. <laughs> that so is good news. Mike will no longer be causing static. <laughs> in, the bra- in the podcast. That's fantastic yes. news. Yes. It was, a, it was a, uh, an issue that was recently discovered, so if you've had to endure a little bit of that, thank you for it's bearing gone. with us. It's gone. Static, it's gone. <laughs> All right. So tonight's discussion... We're going to blame it on Mike. <laughs> Got to blame it somewhere else. No, it's, it's, the, it's the cable. And since I'm a recovering addict, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's a question that I'm going to pose to you guys. What do you do after a relapse? That's a great question. I think that's a fantastic question. So, I think it's one our listeners need to need to hear. The first thing, the first thing I think we need to address is that I think you need to. There are a couple of realities that you need to accept. Number one, relapse is a part of recovery. Now, having said that, you never have permission to relapse. Right. But if and when that happens, and I think the other the other thing I want to point out is that if you're being very very healthy, uh, you have to accept the reality that you have a relapse in you. You have another, you have the potential for another relapse in you. Sure. Okay. And what, something that my therapist says that has always stuck with me, but I don't know if I have another recovery, but you do have a relapse. So you have to accept that reality. And I think, I think that you need to have that to stay in a place of, of some humility, because really, I think that, that if you approach your addiction with any kind of arrogance, I mean, this thing is, you know, this thing kicked my butt for decades Right. And for me to approach that with any kind of arrogance is just the fastest way to make sure it does it again. Sure. All right. So there's the reality of it. What happens if it what happens if it happens? What do you do after a relapse? What is the healthiest way to handle that? I, I think a couple other things that need to be defined too. First of all, is, sure. is that the, the three circles that we've identified in some of our other podcasts, that that inner circle, that middle circle is the one that really identifies uh, those things that are considered that are considered a relapse. So we really need to be able to define this is a relapse. This actually occurred. Mm-hmm. It happened. One of the things that I noted in my own experience as a relapse, and I've had a handful of those, um, I'm amazed at how uh, it it becomes a binge. So I think the key to uh, to the key to any time a relapse has actually occurred is to get some footing. It's time to sort of recognize the fact that a relapse has occurred. But it can't be a binge relapse. It can't be some of those things that just sort of go on and on and on and on that then we never recover from. Uh, we have a handful of folks who are not meeting with us any longer simply because the relapse continued on. Yeah. And so, so the point being is, is that at some point, at some point we need to quickly recognize the fact that a relapse has happened, but just as quickly recognize that we need to get back on that horse and keep riding. And so 
getting our arms around what occurred and what and what we need to get you know get in touch with pretty quickly so that we can be healthy again is to not allow it to binge. And that's yeah. that's critical. Well, and I would also add not to pile on the shame. That's a great point. You made a mistake. You know, like you said, get back on the horse and start riding the wave. Because uh, there's so many times where it's like, well, I just I, I fell off the wagon. Might as well just ride this out, which gets into that binge exactly cycle where you just you know next thing you know it's two three weeks later and it's like I don't want to tell anyone about this because yeah. You know, it's been three weeks instead of just uh, you know calling someone up saying, "Man, I just I relapsed," right then and there because you know that stops that whole cycle. I actually think one of the very first things that is is helpful is to tell somebody. Yes, uh, get a hold of somebody right away. Sponsor is a great person to contact. Um, uh, maybe a probably a sponsor, probably the best place to go. But uh, uh, letting that person know because that immediately reestablishes that. That uh, accountability. Accountability. Thank you. And and I think I think it's very important to remember that you know you have a cycle. You have an yes. addiction cycle, and it's a downward spiral. But there comes there comes a moment after the relapse where you go into the despair, and at some point in there, there's there, you'll have a moment of clarity. Yes. Okay. And it's and to act in that moment is going to give you the best chance of doing it. Now, this is this is a little rule of thumb. Okay, uh, we've talked about the dangers of keeping secrets. Yes. Okay, I think, and this is just a, this is just kind of a little arbitrary thing. I think, I think anything over twenty four hours, you're keeping a secret. Wow. Okay, so anybody that I've, you, you know, mm-hmm. if if you've had a relapse, and you don't reach out to mm-hmm. somebody. Within 24 hours, and I think 24 hours is actually a little bit long, but I'm going to, I had to pick a time. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. But I think, I think anything longer than that, I mean, within that time frame, you have, you will find or make the opportunity to, to talk to somebody. And really, I think the sooner, the better. Yes. I, I believe it's important to get a hold of somebody immediately. I agree. And the reason for that too is, is that. I think it's the job of the sponsor to, to really remind the person who's relapsed that, that this is not a time for self-loathing. This is, this is actually a time for self-care. This yeah. is a great opportunity for us then to start focusing on taking care of us, making certain that our nutritional needs are met, making certain that we're getting sufficient sleep, making certain that we're, you know, our, our personal hygiene and all those things that seem to go away when, when, when acting out behavior is in our, is in our path that that it's great for the sponsor to say look these things happen you know now's not the time to be self-loathing and to, and to neglect a lot of these things now is the time to really focus on not beating yourself up and taking care of yourself and those are uh, somebody needs to hear that yeah they need to hear that because nine times out of ten at least in my own experience i'm not in the mindset to be thinking about those particular things so it's also a good opportunity to learn i mean okay so how did we get here? Why did we get here? What yes. what caused us to get here? You know, what triggered us to start just, you know, slipping down? What was the rock that we slid on to start sliding down the hill? Um, and there are a lot of really good tools to do that. You got something? I Well, I was just, I, your comment made me think of the steps. Mm-hmm. One of the steps, uh, um, step 10. Yep. 
continue to take personal inventory when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. You mentioned 24 hours. I was thinking of my last relapse, for instance, and uh, and thinking of of how I was going to share with my wife that I'd relapsed, and and uh, 24 hours had come and gone, and it was now into the 48-hour period, and and I was really struggling with this whole idea of being able to share with her that that something that happened and and uh, I found she knew something was up she was uh, she was pretty insightful and could very clearly see that something was going on so when it finally came out um, <clears throat> yeah she was disappointed but I think she was thrilled at the fact that that it was now 24 hours instead of 24 months or 24 years right and I and think some of that has happened too I think that's the I think that's how I kind of came up with that 24 hour number because I think I came up with it with addicts who had a significant had a spouse that they felt like that they needed to to talk to their spouse about it and yeah. I and I said okay so if you feel like you need to sit down and talk to this person face to face you should be able to do that within 24 right. hours right. which is where I think it came from <laughs> now that I think about it because after that after that now there's excuse making yes yes now there is there's going to be you know doubts justification all kinds of thinking errors are going to start exerting themselves again so you so first thing you need to do is you need to do a little bit of step 10 work yes. promptly admit promptly it promptly admit it yeah um i think it i think it's also important to understand what leads us to uh, without getting too much into it what leads us to a relapse usually when you've got some good or a good amount of clean time good sobriety going on and you relapse i think there's only two situations that create it if you Sure. Want to boil it down to just the very, very basics. I think the first one and the least likely is that you're surprised by something. Okay. Yeah. A situation arises that completely catches you off guard. You're totally blindsided. And before you know it, you're, you're in trouble. Now, which I would argue that that actually occurs. That was, it, in my estimation, was the experience that I had in my last relapse. No, so it, it absolutely does occur. Really because, floored me. But, um, <clears throat> I had, uh, I remember, I remember in my own recovery, there was a, uh, I, I was just getting triggered all the time. And, and I realized that, that, uh, you, you know, you have these cycles mm-hmm. and I realized that I have, I have a yearly cycle, that there was a season. And I remember, I remember not understanding what was going on because at the time I was doing everything that I understood and knew how to do yes. to stay clean, but I was just having so much trouble. And I'm very happy to admit or to to say that, that I made it through that time without relapsing, but it actually took me, I didn't realize why until the following year Wow! when it happened again. And then that's when I put all the pieces together and realized. So no, you can be surprised. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but the longer you go, I think the less likely that is. I think that's yeah. true. And even though, and true. I would also say that you will still get surprised, but your ability to handle it in a healthy way has dramatically increased. Yes. You know, so you'll have a lot of things to stabilize you. The other one, and I think the more likely one is just willful, Wait. I don't know what you want to call it, willful disobedience. You just are, you just kick the effort bucket. And, yeah. Yeah. That, and usually those kind of things you're building up to it for quite some time. Right. Yeah. You might not be aware of it, but there'll come a certain point in time that you do. So I think one of the first things that you need to do after a relapse, when you're talking to your sponsor or your, your accountability partner, whoever, whoever it is that you've made yourself accountable to, to talk to when things like this happen, 
is that you need to acknowledge why was yes. was I surprised or did I want to make this happen right right okay I think there's some fantastic tools out there that can help us as well I know that, sure you know well I, and then I think that Daniel alluded to some of those things it's, it's really helpful to understand what was I thinking that had led up to this particular thing what what were the, the steps that I'd actually performed? And yeah. like I said, there's a handful of tools out there in some of our literature that we that we see that really walks us back. Because I think you hit it right on the head. If you really pay attention to 24 to 48 hours at least before the, the, actual, the actual relapse occurred, that really evaluating all of those things that were going on mentally and those things that were going on in terms of the, the steps and procedures that we were taking would... In, would in, just invaluable insight as to how a relapse actually occurs. Yeah. Uh, what are the mood? Where was I at mentally? What were some of the? What's some of the self-talk? What about? You know, was I thumbing through channels? Was uh-huh. I was mm-hmm. I putting myself into those what we call uh, seamlessly uh, uh, seemingly uh, manufactured uh, accident? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seemingly unimportant decision. Unimportant decisions. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and all of that stuff that that, that goes on uh, in the process of actually arriving in a place where we would actually relapse all those things are present and so understanding those and feeling those and walking those back really gives us some insight i think it's important to know for everybody that there's nothing lost in a relapse yeah well and if you do this enough you eventually get to the point where it's like okay i feel like i want to go look at porn or something like that it's like why what's going on and then you can start rewinding the tape a little bit and okay so this thing that happened on monday Led to this, led to this, you know, then another thing happened Wednesday, and then this, okay, it's the weekend, and I'm, fact, I'm by myself, and so, okay, yeah, that's why I'm feeling this way. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You had a thought? Oh, I was just going to say, Daniel and I were talking before the podcast started, and I said, oh, yeah. yeah, every time, you know, I've, I've bumped into a couple of things, and it's, it, uh, in the moment, I handle it very well. It's, it's yeah. a day or two later that it starts to, yeah. <laughs> so I have to yeah. be very open about and, and, and process that kind of stuff. I think, you know, we, we mentioned earlier that something that you shouldn't do is beat yourself up. Yes. yes. Okay. At the same time, you can't go too far the other way and ignore or downplay the significance of Correct. it. Correct. Agreed. You, you no, know. you have to have accountability for what you've done, mm-hmm. but not to the point where you're making yourself like this horrible martyr that's destroyed himself. Right. And, but you, know. you can't dismiss it or excuse it as yeah. nothing either. Yep. You know? I think that's a that's a valid point. There's this there's this there's this healthy there's this healthy place, and I found I found that the, I think the easiest way to do that, quite honestly, is is uh, when you're doing your step ten work and you promptly admit it. I think the sooner you do it, and the simpler. I got to think of how to say this. To you know explain what you did in the in the simplest way that you can sure. so that you're not sugarcoating it or downplaying it or excusing it or one, th- one thing I absolutely okay one thing I absolutely hate is when somebody is telling me that they've had a problem <laughs> and they start off by telling me what they didn't do right it's like oh <laughs> come on man <laughs> one of the things they always say they didn't do because I did this myself with my sponsor who's sitting right here on the <laughs> podcast is saying you know, this started a few minutes ago, and I was, or an hour ago, as I was driving no, I home, and I, and, I didn't, and I didn't call you, and I didn't text you, or I didn't let you know. Or, yeah, well, that's sure helpful. 
<laughs> I didn't and reach out. There's there's been a few people that I've yeah, done from, that from <laughs> like in groups like, Well, I didn't do this and this yeah. and this and, this, and we're like <laughs> Well those are all the out. things I mean, you should have done. Yeah. Yeah. And then have you ever heard anybody say who are like prepping prepping me or prepping you to to hear what they're about to say by telling you like listing off all the th- well, you know <laughs> I didn't look at this and I didn't do this. <laughs> So it's when like, I do tell you what I did uh, yeah, do, it's going to seem less. No, seem, uh, you mm. just need to. Yeah. I don't think any of us have been guilty yeah. of that one. <laughs> just need to. Yeah. I don't think this is fair that Gary's our sponsor. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> We're getting all the dirty laundry thrown out on us. No. <laughs> I would recommend also one of the things to. Uh, you guys are both sponsors. Now tell me you haven't heard. <laughs> no, I know. Come yeah. on. Uh, I would tell you also, I think it's important to reach out to um, your counselor probably as well sure and, and get in as quick as possible to have a chance to disclose and to open up and talk about that and understand what that means for you know it's, you're at in your therapy all of those things it's kind of funny because as we have this discussion i find myself realizing that i'm assuming that that this person who has relapsed has already established this kind of support system and maybe that's not fair that's a great point. You know yeah. what? Because it's a very different thing for somebody to relapse who has who has a sponsor, who has a therapist, who has a couple of accountability partners yeah. from twelve step, who has who has a support system. Right. You know, and, and that's and from the beginning of this podcast, that's kind of the tack that I was taking. What do you do? But it didn't occur to me to stop and think, okay, I'm I'm new to recovery. I, maybe I don't have a sponsor yet. Maybe I haven't gone to 12 step yet. And, and now I'm in and I find myself in this spot, mm-hmm. this spot. What do I do? Sure. So let's, let's explore that. Let's explore that a little bit. Well, I think, uh, maybe, maybe this is exactly the impetus needed to say, I need to make some changes in my life. I need some help. I need some help. Yeah. Maybe this is exactly the point of, of realizing that, I'm, this thing is bigger than I am. I love that you know, sort of the step two, step three kind of thing, step one, two, and three, This, the unmanageability of it all, the powerlessness over this whole entire thing. And maybe that's exactly what's occurred in a relapse again is to recognize I'm I'm not in control. Do you know what? There is a, there's this wonderful chapter in, in the big book of Alcoholics hey, Anonymous. Hey, hey. And it, it talks about when when is the best time to approach an addict or an alcoholic or you know mm-hmm. when is the best time to approach them about changing their life okay and it's in that addictive cycle when they've they've remember that moment of clarity we yeah. were talking about right. okay yeah. they're coming down into that despair there's a moment of clarity all right um you know anybody out there who's listening in that moment of clarity that's when you have to be brave Mm-hmm. That's your window of opportunity to reach out and talk to somebody, right? Because you know, that's that you know, because you and and you'll you'll recognize it because that's when you'll start asking the questions like, oh, I think I I you know, I think I, I need I, help. I, I, I think I need help. Yeah. I think I might have a problem. And you're a really really good example of that. <laughs> no, you really are because it was it was an experience like that 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 brought you that's into exactly counseling right. in the first place. But interestingly enough. Uh, Fortunately, in my circumstance, I'd had this relationship for some period of time through a sibling mm-hmm. who had long known my counselor. And so uh, I've got to be honest with you, uh, had that not 
been the case, I'm not so sure where I would have gone. I, I you know, I pity any one of our listeners who are struggling with the idea of, of coming across. How do you pick a counselor? How do you find somebody who can really help you with this particular issue, who specializes in this particular thing? Uh, because I don't know that I necessarily recognized it as being, um, and I think I approached it when I first saw him to say, well, you know, you've seen a lot of stuff. Am I really messed up? No, I don't think so. Why don't you point me to somebody who can really help me? Because I'm really struggling with just getting my whole world. My world is a mess. And thankfully, it happened to be on the doorstep of somebody who could really help me with everything that was going on in my world. Yeah. But think about the people out there that really don't know where to go to get help. And so... That's the point being right there is is that there's that moment of clarity you're referring to, but how does one at that point in time say, wow, where do I go find that? And uh, that's uh, that's challenging. Uh, you know, finding a counselor is not easy. No, and you may start with a counselor and find that they're not a good fit. I mean, it took several counselors before I finally yeah. found one that I felt I could trust sure. and that was pointing me in the right direction. You know, I've been with several I that think, pointed in the wrong. Sure. I think, I think I'm really good first step to take if you don't know what step to take is to find a 12-step program yeah. i thought of that yeah that's they're, a great idea they're all over everywhere their telephone meetings there's online kind of stuff it's there to be found it is yeah. i will tell you in my experiences outside of our own 12-step i have been to a couple other 12-step programs uh, out of the state mm-hmm. and interestingly enough um there was no reference to counselors in those situations. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that at least one, at least one of them had referred to a, the idea that he had started to see a counselor, but the rest of the group that was sort of new to them that they hadn't really identified going to see a counselor as being part of all of that. Well, and I, I think that's critical. I do too. I it think certainly helped really me in my experience. Yes. So I, I, I think you absolutely are right. A twelve-step program is at least a place to start, and it's very accessible. It is. It is. But I think also that, you know, finding a counselor is also very accessible yeah, as I well. Do too. And I think those are those are two incredibly good places to at least to at least start and understand what it is they're dealing with. That's what I think. Or I mean I mean there's always if there's someone you really trust. I mean at least opening up to them, possibly. If you don't know where you can find a twelve step or uh, you don't know what therapist, you know, you can yeah. reach out to someone you really trust, you know, just say, Hey, I am struggling with a problem and this is what's going on. Right. You know, they may not know exactly what to say in the moment, but, you know, at least you're getting it out there and you can they start might, that journey forward. Or they may. They, you know, might, they might not even understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Too. That's also something that you've That's, got to be. you got to find that as well. Aware that, of, and that, yeah. is, that is one really nice advantage of a 12-step is you know that if, if I reach out to these people, I may not know who they are, but yeah. they'll understand what I'm going through. Yeah. That's right. No, I mean, that that was yeah. the thing that I really enjoyed about the 12 step is, you know, I could say, man, I'm struggling with this or this. And everyone's like, you know, you see heads nodding. Yeah, yeah, like totally people would come up afterward like, yeah, you know, so glad you shared that. I've been there myself. And then you, you talk. Yeah. Well, we digress. Back to the idea of, of, of what do we do in the event of a relapse? But those are great topics, great thoughts. I didn't really even think about the fact that what if you didn't have a counselor? What if you didn't right. have a you know, 12-step program? Yeah. So find those things. Find those things. In that moment of clarity, at least reach out and get some help. because yeah. I, th- I, think, I think the number one thing that you should do after a relapse the num- uh, is talk to somebody as quickly as possible. Yes. Really 
that's and then the other thing that the other and then the thing that I would say is don't beat yourself up. Yep. Sure. You know. And and then from that point, once you once you break the cycle so that you know it's not going to turn into one of those binge things and you get yes. yourself in a good place, then you can sit down with your sponsor or your or your counselor and that's when you can start applying those tools and break it down and start taking it back step by step and, and learn what it had. Uh, the other thing that I think is really important to mention is that when you relapse, you're not at square one. No, you're not. You know, it doesn't undo everything that you've learned. It's not a, no, it's no. it's not a reason to think that, that all is lost. Yeah, addicts addicts have such black and white thinking. You know, well, I, I you know, for me at least, it was. I do. Uh, you know, when I was going through this, it was always, you know, my ex was always telling me. Oh, there we are, square one. You're back down at the bottom. It's, you might as we we just have to start all over. And it's like, you know, that was some thinking I had to really overcome because I wasn't. You know, I learned some stuff, what not to do, and so on and so forth. But because that kept getting you know told to me, that was always fresh in my mind. The second I relapsed, oh great, well everything's gone. I didn't learn anything uh, prior to this. That's why I relapsed. I think when uh, that's not even the case. No, it's not. I think it's important to remember that, that uh, man, I hope I'm not wrong in saying this. I don't think good deeds undo bad things, bad yeah. deeds, and I don't think bad deeds undo good ones. Right. Yeah. If you take my meaning, meaning that, that, that when you've made a mistake, you now have an opportunity to learn. And it, this might be something completely new, in which case you're, you can come away from it yeah. better than you were before. But it is not, it's not a, you're back at square one. You've learned nothing. Everything is starting. Especially, oh, I just had this thought. If you handle it correctly, it can demonstrate and say a great deal about how dedicated to your recovery that you are. That's yeah. a true story. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So much of our acting out behavior in the past, uh-huh. in the heat of my acting out moments, uh, no doubt about it, opportunities presented themselves to actually... To, to really move forward in meaningful ways, come clean, you know, work through some of those issues, and I failed to do so. So much of the stuff is, is, you know, done in secret and done alone and isolation and all of those things. And so, no doubt about it, if if it's really turning a new page to say, wow, I've acted out, and now I'm gonna, you know, now I'm gonna be right up front and and tell somebody and be, you know, quick to quick to get that out and to move forward and. And uh, and it's amazing how relieving that all actually is. When it finally comes out, you can actually move forward again and say, "Look, I'm back to, I yeah. really am back to a good place, and can move forward in a positive way." I have another thought. You really need to master that skill, that step ten, because that willingness to admit when you're wrong and and, and do it promptly. It's a you big know, part of recovery. You know, it, it is well, it is recovery. It is a huge part of recovery. But you know, if you're willing to do that after a relapse. Okay. And you do that. Eventually, you're going to learn that if you do that after a lapse, it's that same process oh, that yeah. will stop that. Yeah. Okay. It's also that same process, you know, that prevents the step before that. Yes. You know, when you're having euphoric recall and I'm struggling or I'm triggering, if I'm willing to admit that right now, you know, and it's actually a little bit easier. It, it, it's that same process of 
you know, you know, what to do, what to do after a relapse really isn't all that different than what to do after a lapse or what to do after I got triggered or what to do when I'm having, mm-hmm. you, you see what sure. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a healthy way of looking at it. That certainly keeps you in a healthy place all the time Yeah, yeah because definitely. you're always accountable, mm-hmm. always accountable. There really are no secrets in that circumstance. So well, it kind of puts a roadblock in the, in that pathway, you know, cause it's like you hit that, you know, I'm, I'm always going to reach out at this point. Yeah, it's like, well, now I'm at this point. So you put that roadblock there and you just keep creeping further away from the cliff. Right. Yeah. How about uh, how about it's somebody who regularly relapses? I mean, that one's a tough one because, I mean, it is a tough if you're regularly relapsing, I mean, as we've already kind of mentioned, you're kind of willfully what do you just yeah, saying at that point it. at that point if somebody is constantly constantly relapsing all the time all the time you got we got to start challenging some of that stuff and saying why yeah why are you doing this why do you want recovery do you want recovery do you want your addiction more than that and that's a valid question that's always well valid. yeah i mean yeah. i had someone reach out to me this last week and you know he had done something that his wife said, hey, I don't feel comfortable with that. And, um, you know, she, she left for the night. And I think she was gone for a couple of days. And he, he was texting me and calling me, freaking out. And, and you know, I was asking him, he's like, I don't know if I want to change. I don't know if I want to give this up. I'm like, okay, well, now you're faced with the real decision. You know, do you want to keep doing this? Because your marriage is going to be gone. Or do you want your marriage... And you have to give this up. That's your two choices now. Um, you know, she's made it very clear, and it's it's kind of that way. I mean, if you want to keep this up, then you're going to be losing things left and right that you probably want to keep. Um, or you keep the things you want, but you have to give this up because you yeah. can't have both. It's a it's a terrible it's a terrible medium to long term yeah. strategy. It's yeah. <laughs> short term. I mean, yeah. short term it could work, but you know. No, I remember. It's just not something that's sustainable if you want to keep a happy, successful life. Yeah. But do you know what? In those moments, in those moments, I I remember very clearly having this mental shift where I thought, you know, all the things that I, you know, my addiction is still there. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember struggling with the thought, oh, how can I ever, how can I ever make it through life without ever doing this again? How can I? You know, I didn't even know if that was possible. And, and it occurred to me, it's like, no, it's all there. It's still there if you want it. You just want something different. And yeah. the only reason I was even able to ask that question is because I sat down and did some work. Why do I want my recovery? Why is this important to me? What, you know? Anyway, wow, that was a big conversation. Yeah. What to do after a, and we're after a relapse. After a relapse. Did we even answer it? <laughs> I think so. I yeah, think, I think so. gave some ideas that I think were, were helpful, so. That's great. Do you know what? Maybe I'll take this time if you have a uh, a tool that has worked for you. You know, uh, share that with us. Let us know. We'd love to hear. We'd love to hear some of the strategies that you out there have had success with, and maybe we can share those in That's a great future idea. episodes. Because yeah. we're certainly stronger together than we are Alone. apart. So, yeah. great thought. Uh, so with that. I'm going to wish you all the best success. And remember to do the next right thing, even if that next right thing is telling something about the last <laughs> wrong thing you did. <laughs> this is Mike saying, 
uh, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. And this is Daniel saying, find the humility in your recovery. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12th step podcast at gmail.com. That is one, two, T-H step podcast at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.